are Locked On Diamondbacks, your daily Arizona Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Diamondbacks Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day, you're listening to who? The always charismatic host of this podcast, Miller Thomas. I'm a multimedia journalist and I'm a graphic designer, so please go check out my website, MillerThomas24.myportfolio.com. On there, you can see all my latest work, from my packages to my articles to my photos and my graphic design. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at CreatorThomas24 for my personal account or just look up Lockdown Diamondbacks on both Twitter and Instagram for the podcast handle. And thank you for making Lockdown Diamondbacks your first listen every day. I would not be doing this podcast without you, the listener, sharing, subscribing, reviewing, doing all that so I could do this podcast for you. Thank you. But what are we talking about on today's pod? Well, part two with Ben Kaspik of Locked on Giants, where we are breaking down Kevin Gosman leaving in free agency. How does that affect the rotation? Can you trust this rotation without a Kevin Gosman? Will Logan Webb repeat his success from 2021? So we break it down from all angles on this podcast. So it's going to be jam packed as always. So let's not waste any time. Let's get right into the podcast with Ben Kaspik of Locked on Giants. You are Locked On Diamondbacks, your daily Arizona Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Buster Posey wasn't the only guy who left the Giants this offseason, Ben. Kevin Gosman seemed to be like... You know, the diamond in the rough that the Giants discover, they signed him to a one-year little minor league deal. They're like, oh, we're bringing in Kevin Gosman, former top prospect from the Orioles. This is an under-the-radar move. And all of a sudden, he kind of turns into a Cy Young candidate out of nowhere. But the Giants just kind of let him walk and go to Toronto, who let Robbie Ray who let Robbie Ray walk, and they just replaced him with a Kevin Gosman. So why did the Giants do it? Was it money? Was it the second half performance? Like, why did the Giants let this guy who they discovered out of nowhere, who turned into basically their frontline starter, just walk for nothing in free agency? I'm not entirely sure, but <laughs> okay. what I do know, like the <laughs> yeah, they haven't. <laughs> they haven't given an explanation. I mean, they, that's one of the frustrating things about covering a baseball team is they never give explanations for anything like this, commenting on specific players. So we're we're only left to speculate. But there were some red flags in the second half of the season. He really did struggle, and he couldn't locate either of his pitches where he wanted to, and the second half wasn't nearly as good as the first. And then in the playoffs, that that those issues kind of showed up again in his – one start but at the same time I think they view him as a really really good pitcher I think he is a really really good pitcher I would just say that it's probably Farhan Zaidi's uh natural what's the word he's he's he does not want to give out long-term deals to pitchers I think because historically a lot of those deals do not work out well and so when you're talking five years, when you're talking 100 million plus, I just think it probably has to be a really, really special arm, which maybe Kevin Gosman is, uh, for them 
to want to take on that risk because five years is a long time. I went back and I looked at some of the top starters per MLB trade rumors. I know we're going to look at that later mm-hmm. uh, in terms of MLB trade rumors ranking uh, players. If you look at five years ago, the top starting pitchers, it is shocking to think that those guys were considered the best options at that position at that time. It just goes to show you how long five years really is. It was names. I mean, I know the names, but it's it's just crazy. I would recommend anyone who's interested to go check that out. And even four years ago. Name? Yeah, I have it written down somewhere. If you give me a second, I, I'm trying to remember. Let's see. No Stall words. for me yeah, for one of, second. <laughs> yeah, I would love to find that out because yeah i mean five years is a pretty long time i'm not even sure five years ago was what 2016 that was pretty much the last good year of life 2016 music was popping <laughs> pre-pandemic 2016 was like peak of life for me and good for a times. lot of people i know at least in this generation yes um okay i found it the top five were jeremy hellickson number one. Oh my god Ivan nova number two. Oh my lord you rich hill <laughs> number three which still that going. one ended up being good. That was a Dodger. The Dodgers ultimately signed him and, and he, was he like did well there. 39 at that time, probably. Yeah, <laughs> still going now. Uh, Jason Hamill, number four, and oh Andrew Kashner, number five. Jesus. Admittedly, Christ. it was a weak starting pitcher class. They didn't have any of them as like 100 million plus, but they've got <laughs> most of them in the 50 plus million dollar range. And none of those deals, except uh, for Rich Hill, who did pitch pretty well none of them were even close to being top starting pitchers. And then it doesn't get much better. If you look at four years ago, three years ago, two years ago, even Madison Bumgarner shows up on the, on the list from two years ago. Yikes. And, you know, Steven Strasburg, whose arm blew out like immediately. So there's a lot of lessons of, I mean, Madison Bumgarner, D-backs fans know full, full Mm. well how a starter's, value can just plummet overnight and so i think that that's part of it it's just a risk aversion with with long-term deals for starters yeah and i'm also guessing like probably hamill and rich hill probably the only two guys you just mentioned that were probably over the age of 30 as well i'm guessing nova and i'm guessing jeremy hellickson was only like 25 or 26 at the time like i feel like he was probably pretty young at the time as well so that, that just adds to the hysteria of it that these guys were probably in their primes, you know, probably considered the peak of their careers. And they still, five years later, couldn't live up to any deal that they probably got at the time. So, yeah, the the five-year deals for pitchers or probably players in general can always be risky. I think you probably want to go younger. I mean, we see a lot of these deals now coming for these young superstars like Wander Franco before they even hit arbitration. Like, let's just lock these guys up. And if we could get it below market value, uh, might as well do it. So, that's pretty interesting that you bring that up. I'm definitely going to have to do some research on these five-year deals for some of these pitchers. But if you were the GM of the Giants, Ben, do you think the second half of Kevin Gosman's season last year would have made you hesitant enough to not give him that five-year contract? Or did you see enough from him his two seasons in San Fran that you're like, oh, you know what? I actually think Gosman's worth that five-year, $100 million deal. It's a tough question. I mean, me personally, I – I wanted them to bring back Kevin Gosman, but I also understand the risk aversion and partially too with Kevin Gosman. He is a two pitch guy. He, he has a slider that he rarely throws and it's not a great pitch. He's fastball splitter and it's a good mix. I mean, when he's right, 
he can dominate with those two pitches, but two pitches makes me nervous five years down the road. Like any number of things can go wrong there, but I mean, that, there's a reason I'm not a GM, you know, I might think <laughs> that I would make great decisions, but it just looking back at that, those guys five years ago, it, it does tell you something because I probably, you know, people will probably really wanted their team to sign Jeremy Hellickson and Yvonne Nova to these four MLB trade rumors predicted four year deals for each of those guys. And neither of those guys should have even been signed to a one year deal. If we go back and look at what the production was like the next year. So the, the two pitch thing does, it is a little bit of a red flag, especially because he just could not make it work mostly in the second half of the year. Ben and I will continue the podcast in just a second, but this episode is brought to you by Built Bar. This holiday season, grab the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar or even better than a candy bar. Built Bar, filled with so much holiday goodness, rich with decadent flavor, covered in chocolate, but amazingly low in calories, sugar, net carbs, and fat, and high in protein. You get the best of both worlds, delicious and healthy. There's so many flavors to choose from when you're getting a Built Bar. Built Bar gives you that extra fuel you need for the holiday season. Because it's the season of peace and love, don't bring up your favorite Bilt Bar flavor at family parties because people are so passionate about their favorite flavor. Tell Santa to throw a few Bilt Bar in those stockings this holiday season or dip your favorite Bilt Bar into a piping hot cup of cocoa. It's absolutely delicious and you can't forget those marshmallowy treats around the holidays because Bilt Bar has come out with the Bilt Bar Puffs, which are delicious and taste like a s'more, so I highly recommend it. Just go to Bilt.com, use promo code LOCK15, and you'll get 15% off your order. Promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Bilt.com. All right, all right, all right. Let's get back into the pod. Yeah, that's interesting you bring up the two-pitch thing because that's been kind of my issue with Luke Weaver the last year and a half plus because he was a guy when he first came to Arizona that threw four pitches, fastball, cutter, changeup, curveball. But in 2021, he's basically just been fastball, changeup. He threw that over 90% of the time, man. That just makes me feel like he can't really be a frontline starter if you're just throwing two pitches. Like, I feel like that's not really sustainable. It feels like you become too predictable if it's like, all right, if I see the fastball seven straight times, see the next pitch is either going to be another fastball or it's going to be a changeup. Like, <laughs> you can't, it's hard to fool hitters if you're only throwing one or the other. So I think, I think. I think Trying to trust a pitcher who only throws two pitches coming from a guy that has to watch a pitcher and try to believe in a pitcher that he could turn to a frontline starter, even though he only has two pitches, that does make me very wary. So I can't fault the Giants front office for not, you know, signing a guy to a mega contract if he doesn't seem like he has the repertoire to live up to that contract over the long haul. Like, I think it was probably now that you really illustrate you know, that he is a two-pitch guy. I think it probably was a smart move for the Giants, considering also we had like a seven-year sample size of Kevin Gosman prior to San Francisco, where he just was mediocre at best. And then the second half of this past season, he kind of went back to being, uh, he's he probably wasn't as bad as he was before San Francisco, but he definitely wasn't the guy we saw in the first half of the season. So maybe when you look at the larger body of work with a Kevin Gosman, you look at the two-pitch sample size or the two-pitch, uh, arsenal he has you look at his years prior to San Fran you look at the second half of last season and it's like there are a lot of red flags and indicators saying that maybe we shouldn't give this guy a big contract so 
We'll see with hindsight. Of course, our opinions are going to change a year from now. If Kevin Gosman goes on to have a season like Robbie Ray, we're all going to be like, damn, we were pretty dumb about Kevin Gosman. Maybe we we should have resigned him. But we'll cross that bridge when we get there. But how much do you trust that Giants rotation after Kevin Gosman leaving? Because I have to be honest, Ben, I'm not sure if I'm in love with this Giants rotation. Of course, Logan Webb emerged in 2021. But can I trust that? Is that repeatable we'll see is that i guess repeatable is the best word we'll see in 2022 if that's you know if that's really the logan webb del scafani alex wood alex cobb they're all guys that are like solid number three guys in a rotation but they also have track records where some years they're good and some years they're not too good so how are you feeling about this giant rotation after kevin gosman leaving i feel okay about it i mean part of that is that Initially, like I said, it was just one guy, even though that one guy is, you know, a 25 year old Webb who emerged in a huge way in in the regular season and in the playoffs when he dominated the Dodgers a couple of different times. So just to have four starters is is a relief in a lot of ways. But there is risk with with all of the three that they brought in and with Wood and Cobb there. They've had a lot of injury his, uh, in their careers. But I think that each and every guy is is a good pitcher. And so you've got four good starting pitchers right now. And I do think Logan Webb showed me enough to believe that he's probably going to be a front of the rotation type arm moving forward. Perhaps that's unwise, but I mean, he was just, his um, his development was incredible to witness firsthand. He went I forget what it is now. I think 14 or 15 straight starts in the middle of the season with three runs or fewer. Mm. I know uh, D-backs fans know about that with oh, Zach yeah. Gallen. And the consistency was incredible. And then the way he pitched in the postseason, I don't want to put too much stock into that, but it was the powerhouse Dodgers, and he completely overpowered them. And so I do view him now as a guy – I'm not saying he's like a top 10 pitcher in the game – but I think a uh, top 25 pitcher in the game and with, with a lot of upside with strikeout potential with ground ball, not just potential. He's one of the most elite ground ball pitchers in the game. And so that's a good formula, especially in San Francisco where it's already hard to hit the ball out of the ballpark. So I, I'm really high on Logan Webb, who's just 25, like I said. And then the rest of the guys are solid. I just think they need – I would like them to sign Carlos – Rodon because of the year that he just had I mean the year that he just had as dominant as Webb was Rodon was even on another level and there's injury concern he he didn't pitch deep into games at all and in the second in the last couple months of the year and then uh, his velocity was in decline a little bit but then his velocity was up in the playoffs but then the White Sox didn't give him the qualifying offer and that was really weird and so there's injury concern with Rodon as well. But yeah, I think that if they can stay healthy, it's it's a solid four in the rotation. And you're losing Cueto. Uh, to me, Cobb is like the Cueto replacement. And to me, that's an upgrade. So you've simply lost Gosman, which is a big loss. But can you replace it with a guy like Rodon? Maybe. So it's a work in progress is what I'll say. 
Ben and I will continue the podcast, but I need to tell you that this episode is brought to you by BetOnline because BetOnline has you covered all season. More props, odds, and lines than ever before as football season continues in the march to the playoffs. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. Head to our new updated web. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code LOCKDOWN to receive your bonus from basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. BetOnline, where the game starts. Let's wrap up the pod. Yeah, Rodon is someone I talked a little bit on my own podcast because he seems like he's going to be the guy that a lot of teams go after because I don't think he's going to be breaking the bank because he does seem like a guy with a lot of red flags and I don't think anyone's going to give him a mega contract. But I think there's going to be a lot of suitors for him because he could be that high risk, high reward guy that pays off for you, you know, big time. He could be a Cy Young candidate. He could be next year's Robbie Ray in the right situation. So I think Rondone is someone that's going to have a lot of suitors, but I don't think he's going to be breaking the bank wherever he goes. And when you talk about Logan Webb in the playoffs, like Ben, you should probably put more stock into that than any other star he had, because like you said, he went against the villains, the Dodgers, the, the baddest team in baseball. And he absolutely dominated in the postseason. And I know baseball fans don't care about the playoffs and they don't care about winning, but no stage is bigger than the postseason. And we've seen, historically great pitchers <clears throat> Clayton Kershaw struggle on the biggest stages and so if you have a guy who's a stud in the regular season and gets better in the playoffs to me that's even more valuable than doing the reverse and being the anti clean uh being being the clean Kershaw so I actually respect Logan Webb more if he is a really high level starter in the regular season and then uh, an elite ace in the postseason like that's what I want from my players I want them to go up a level when the game gets tougher so I I think Logan Webb is definitely the guy I trust the most in that rotation like you said it's not a bad rotation I think it's just like Logan Webb and then like three number three starters but that's still a pretty big plus like even Del Scafani would probably be (laughs) the number two starter in a D-backs rotation so I can only crap on them so much so uh, (laughs) I, I can't really talk too bad about the Giants rotation but I was going to talk to you about Chris Bryant but I think I'm going to save that for our bigger discussion on MLB free agents so let's just kind of segue to that Ben because I told you I was going to try to have you on here for like 35 minutes and we're already at 35 minutes and we haven't even talked free agents yet so let's just segue right into it Ben because I lied to you I said we wouldn't keep you that long and we're already going over so MLB trade rumors they came out with their top 50 free agents list and we're just looking at the top 10 of the top 10, five of them were are already off the board. So we're just looking at the remaining top five free agents, according to MLB Trade Rumors. And we're going to start backwards, Ben, from the bottom. And the first name is Nick Castellanos, coming off a fantastic season with the Cincinnati Reds. MLB Trade Rumors is projecting maybe five years, $115 million deal. How do you feel about Castellanos? And where do you think is the best fit for him? Or what teams do you think might be interested in him after this lockout? Castellanos is an interesting guy because he is so good offensively potentially and he he showed that this year the short season he didn't do well but we can kind of write off the short season at this point I don't even count that season a lot of weird performances that year 
Yeah, I mean, I 60 mean, games. People do weird things in 60 games. So, and then, of course, all the weird protocols and everything that was going on. But Monster 2021 opts out of the remaining contract he was under with the Reds. And the thing is, though, the man is not a good defensive player. <laughs> and it just like flat out has to be said, he's just not a good defensive player. And so, how much value do you put on a guy? who can be elite offensively, but not, but the opposite of elite defensively. And so it's a big question for me. And that MLB trade rumors prediction of a hundred and whatever, $15 million, I think is, is hefty. And um, I guess I'll just say, I think the Marlins are kind of quietly a fit. I think they'd like to continue to improve their team. And he is a Miami native. And so they sometimes kind of randomly go out there and, make an acquisition like this, but also uh, maybe possibly the Rangers who are trying to really improve their team this offseason. I think the best person to compare Castellanos to is probably a J.D. Martinez. So I'll ask you that, Ben. Do you feel like J.D. Martinez has been worth the money the last few years? Because he's basically, I think he got like a five-year, $120 million contract. He's basically the full-time DH for the Red Sox. But offensively, he's a beast. But defensively, he can't do crap. So Castellanos is probably going to get the same contract as a J.D. Martinez. So do you think J.D. Martinez has been worth the money that the Red Sox have paid him? Because that's probably going to tell the story for Castellanos. I think he has, but I also think that J.D. Martinez was more consistent. He mm, he was like consistently true. a monster, like a total monster, like one of the very best offensive players in the game year after year. And again, D-backs fans saw it firsthand when he was uh, acquired over there in a trade. But I mean, for a few years there, he was like 70% above average with, you know, hitting 330 with a 400 on base and 43 home runs. That's what he did in his first year in Boston and it's basically a replication of what he did in his in his year that he was partially with the D-backs. I don't think Nick Cassianos has been quite on that level. And so, but yeah, the other thing is JD Martinez has been a DH. And so uh is Nick Castellanos trying to be an outfielder because different positions and if the I don't know. I I He's tough. He's a tough call because for me, he could be anywhere from kind of a low value guy to a hundred plus million dollar guy, depending on who you ask. Yeah, I feel like I would be okay with five years, a hundred million, if what we saw in twenty twenty one is what we're going to get for the next few years. Because I don't think offensively he is as good as the JD Martinez. Because Martinez absolutely dominates the strike zone, getting on base, the power. JD Martinez, the whole package. Casianos has been pretty good throughout his career. I think his days in Detroit are kind of kind of underrated at this point. But what he's done in Cincinnati this past season is definitely a different level than what he did in Detroit. So I think the big question really is, are we going to get the universal DH after the CBA lockout? Because if we do, that's going to open up, what, 15 new suitors for Nick Castellanos that might have, or at least a few new suitors if they're like, okay, now we just have to put him at DH. We don't really have to worry about his defensive liability issue so uh, he's definitely an interesting guy I think my prediction for Castellanos though is the Milwaukee Brewers just because they lost Garcia to the Marlins I believe they also lost my guy Eduardo Escobar to the Mets Christian Yelich hasn't really looked the same since you know getting those MVPs those back-to-back MVPs he hasn't really looked the same the last couple years so I think they need some major juice in their lineup I don't think I, I really don't love their lineup offensively from a pitching standpoint 
They may have the best rotation in baseball. They have an elite bullpen, but their lineup, I think, needs a little bit more juice. So I think I like Acastianos to the Milwaukee Brewers, who desperately need some more offense. But that's it for this edition of the Locked on Dimebacks podcast. Thank you to everyone who tuned in to today's pod. Shout out Ben Caspick of Locked on Giants for hopping on. We still got part three coming out on Monday where we discuss the top free agents left and predictions and breaking them down of where we think they could go after this lockout. So you're going to want to tune in for that. Thank you for making Locked on Dimebacks your first listen of the day because I would not be doing this podcast without you. It's free and available on all platforms. So please continue to tell your friends. Go make your second listen of the the day locked on bets with your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. If you like putting extra money in your pocket, because how can you not? And as always, how we end this podcast every day, please, 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 during the holiday season, do your best to say to stay safe and stay healthy. Deuces.